What can you expect from an experienced financial advisor? Are all advisors alike? And will the right advisor really make a positive difference? Your Financial Journey is a podcast brought to you by Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust. In this series, members of the PWA team discuss the importance of planning, relevant developments, and investment strategies geared to help you achieve your wealth management goals and to provide you with experience, guidance, and support every step of the way. Welcome. I am Doug DeGroat from Providence Wealth Advisors. On this podcast, we're going to discuss some thoughts on financial fraud and fraud prevention. I have with me today, Dee Vasos, who oversees the fraud area with Providence Bank and Trust. Dee is also a certified fraud examiner. And also with us is Cheryl Dalton, who is an assistant vice president and trust officer with Providence Bank and Trust, along with overseeing the compliance area for the Providence Bank Trust Department. Welcome, Dee and Cheryl. Hi, Doug. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, everybody. So Dee and Cheryl, as you both know, financial fraud is a huge problem. And every customer, whether an individual or commercial, is a potential target. I know there are all kinds of possibilities for fraud to occur, but I think for this podcast, we'd like to focus on a few key areas and probably what I think are the most common areas um, of financial fraud. Those being email fraud, wire fraud, and finally, check washing and check counterfeiting. So Dee, let's start off with you on the first topic, that being email fraud. Can you go into some more detail on exactly what email fraud or email hacking might be? Thank you, Doug. Business email compromise or email fraud is either when an individual or a business's email gets compromised and emails start to be generated from that account with the intent to do financial harm. In most cases, that email address has a slight change. For example, a lowercase O is changed to a zero or an uppercase uh, I is changed to a lowercase L. Therefore, when the receiver gets that email, they don't even look at it. They don't even notice the difference. Once they receive that email, emails are then sent with the intent to financially exploit the account holder. Let me give you an example. An email is sent to the banker asking to add a new authorized signer to the account. The banker does not notice that that email is from a compromised address and adds the new signer. The new signer now has access to that account and begins initiating wire transfers, loan requests, external transfers to themselves. That That's great, Dee. Uh, thank you uh, so much for that. Um, Cheryl, kind of moving on to you, on the trust side or wealth management area, uh, what have we seen in regards to uh, email fraud? Thanks, Doug. Unfortunately, um, we have received some emails that look fraudulent uh, in our department, and we always try and contact the customer. And in many cases, the client doesn't even know that their email has been compromised. So for us, we just try and follow up with the customer and, um, of course, alert them and try and follow up to see if their request or if the email request was even valid. Uh, that's great. Thanks. And I, I think, Cheryl, you probably hit on a common theme uh, our listeners are going to hear throughout this podcast, and that's follow up. Um, but with that said, uh, you know, D. I guess, from my perspective, what is the primary target 
for these fraudulent emails? What are people trying to do? Well, the money is virtually gone in minutes. Uh, they're trying to create financial harm and, uh, to uh, the business or the consumer. That financial harm can have many rippling effects for either a person or a company, since these are what we call authorized transactions, and in many times they are not covered by the financial institution or even insurance coverage. Okay, that's great. So financial uh, gain is the is always seems to be the primary motive. Um, that's, that's actually a great segue into our next topic, which, which is wire fraud. Um, as many of my customers know who are, who are listening and who have sent wires to our group, we go through a number of checks and balances before we send out any money. You know, some of you have even questioned me, why all the checking? Why the verification calls? You're even verifying the instructions from the person where we're sending the wire to. Um, Cheryl, maybe you could address that, the, the, the why to that question. Sure, Doug. Yes, we have gotten that quite a bit. And in cases of wires um, either requested in or out, we always try and contact the client, um, have a conversation. What's the nature of the wire? Um, does it make sense um, that a customer... Obviously, if they're buying a house, that wire makes sense. Um, but we always like to verify with them verbally and then um, try and contact the receiver of the wire. That helps us to make sure that who we're sending that wire to is actually waiting on those funds. And thankfully, too, in our group, we always follow up with forms um, for a client to sign. And you're right, Doug. It, to many customers, it seems like it's overkill, but just as Dee has explained, once that money is gone, in some cases, you can never get that money back. And you just nowadays, you just can't be too safe. Yeah, that's great, Cheryl. And as uh, Cheryl knows, um, and many of you know that are listening, uh, we use Charles Schwab as our custodian and both Schwab and our bank just continually preach to us, you've got to check and and continually check these wire instructions because there's just an abundance of fraud out there. Um, so Dee, I know you've been involved uh, in many of these unfortunate circumstances regarding wire fraud. Um, can you give our listeners, you know, one or two stories that might really drive home the point of how easy it is to fall prey to wire fraud? Definitely, Doug. It really is easy. And like Cheryl mentioned, the key is we make sure to follow up with both our customer and the receiver. As I mentioned earlier, many of these wire transfer funds begin with compromised emails. Um, instructions are sent uh, to wire the money out, and the receiver does not notice the compromised email in its originating form. Um, just a few months ago, we had one of our account holders receive an email from what he thought was a supposed vendor asking him uh, to send payment of $125,000. Unfortunately, he didn't notice it was a compromised email and not from the vendor that he was used to dealing with. He came into the bank and instructed Providence Bank to go ahead and wire that money out. As Cheryl said, it is so important to verify with our vendors, customers, and bankers that they have a relationship with who they're sending the money out. Because once the money is gone, it is gone. In this particular case, our customer was extremely lucky. Um, he then called his vendor after he had instructed us to send the money out. Um, the vendor did tell him that 
He did not uh, send him an email that was not from him. We were fortunate enough to be able to call the receiving bank um, and um, get most of the money back. And I say most of the money, uh, it was less than an hour's time, and the recipient on the other end had already withdrawn $5,000. Fortunately, it was only a loss of five to our customer and not a very expensive less than of $125,000. I had another similar case where um, the instructions said go ahead and wire transfer out $750,000 to a bank in China. Um, Unfortunately, that also was from a compromised email, was not noticed, Um, the money was wired out to, uh, to China never able to get that money bank. Losses like that can be so devastating because at the end of the day, those are authorized transactions by our customers and the bank or insurance may not cover those types of losses. So it's really important. I can't drive home enough how important it is to make sure you're looking at the emails you're receiving and verifying uh, who is sending it to you. You know, we talk about mortgage closings. It's the same thing. You want to make sure that you're sending the money to the right mortgage closing because if money is wired out on a closing of a house and it's going to the wrong person, those two individuals would be devastated uh, and at a loss of their money. Yeah, it's just amazing, Dee. Um, and you're right, it's just check and recheck. So I guess, you know, again, Cheryl, I know you've gone through it on the wealth advisor side. What, you know, again, your thoughts on how uh, someone can try to prevent uh, wire fraud? I think, um, Doug, is to try and do most of the double checking and the work up front, because quite honestly, it's easier to catch something um, up front when you're looking at it than to try and uh, get those funds back. And I also think too, a good tip that we've seen is sometimes when clients are in a hurry or rushing or um, the compromised email is um, making you feel like you have to get this done in a certain time um, time frame. I think the best thing is just for customers and for us to just take a pause and think about it for a minute um, and to make sure it all makes sense. And like I said, to just do that work up front um, so that you could try and prevent a loss. Yeah, I think that's a great tip, Cheryl. And certainly, uh, in the instances that Dee just walked us through five or 10 minutes up front would have saved a lot of heartache at the, at the tail end of both of those situations and work along with it, uh, along with the money loss. So a uh, great tip. Um, so with that said, let, let's move on to the final topic we want to touch on today, that being check washing and even counterfeit checks. And um, before we start, I, I guess I would just note uh, my checking account has been a victim of counterfeit checks a few times. Um, so, so Dia, I, I, I really think it can happen to anyone. Um, can, can you tell us exactly what, what each of these issues mean? Most definitely. And uh, it is happening to everybody, um, both consumers, businesses, and it is happening because mail theft uh, instances are up overall. Mail robberies, mail thefts are increasing at a tremendous rate. That said, check washing is actually the altering of a check by literally chemically washing it to change either the payee and or the dollar amount. In most cases, the checks are stolen out of the mailbox and then the check is changed 
range from an originally written amount, for example, of 250 to pay a legitimate bill, or an invoice is changed to an unknown person for $2,500. Uh, the item is then deposited into a bank and cashed. Um, or in the case of counterfeit items, a criminal has obtained your account information and starts to create false checks drawn off your account. With the technology upgrades that we have today, the check alteration and counterfeit items are so hard to detect up front. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Um, now, I guess, Dee, let, let, let's talk about how, how can someone prevent check washing or counterfeit checks? Um, you know, how can a, a business or consumer try to protect against either of these issues? Doug, I can't stress enough how important it is for our business accounts to either use our cash management products, both the ACH payments or a positive pay. That way they're reviewing their checks and the payments that are being made against their account and ensuring that they are authorized. It's also important to review uh, the payee's legitimate since there are many times that only the payee uh, is altered. On the consumer side, it is extremely important to check your accounts, if not daily, weekly, the very least, at least once a month to, to ensure that all transactions are authorized. That includes all of your financial statements, including credit cards, loan uh, statements, brokerage accounts. You must check them at least on a monthly basis. Reporting it timely is the key to working with your financial provider to stop the fraud. A few other tips are to use either the bill pay or ACH payment whenever possible and never, never go put outgoing mail containing checks in the mailbox with that red flag up. That's just telling the thieves, come here, I have goodies for you. If you write checks, always mail them at the post office. Those are uh, great tips, Dee. Thank you so much. Um, as we conclude, financial fraud continues to grow and anyone can fall victim. You know, as Dee said, uh, vigilance and monitoring your respective bank or brokerage accounts is probably the number one thing you can do. But, you know, pay attention to all the emails you receive. Think before responding and moving forward, just as Cheryl noted. You know, in, in my house, I always say, don't click on anything. Don't do anything with any email unless you were expecting it. And realize on our end that when you're being asked a lot of questions when completing a wire, whether it's by us or some other financial institution you're dealing with, it's really not to hassle you. We're trying to protect you and your funds. So in closing, be sure to subscribe to Your Financial Journey on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Dee and Cheryl, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, or PWA, is a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank & Trust, or PB&T. The investment products and services offered by PWA are independent of the products and services offered by PB&T and are not FDIC insured, may lose value, are not bank guaranteed, and are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Investment products and services are offered by appropriately licensed investment advisor representatives, subject to the general oversight and authority of PWA. PWA is an SEC-registered investment advisor company. To obtain a copy of their ADV Part 2A and Form CRS, visit www.providencewealth.com. PWA is located throughout the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. To contact PWA, call 888-927-7387. 
Email askexperts at providencewealth.com or write to 20220 South LaGrange Road, Frankfort, Illinois 60423.